Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. John McClain, Houston Chronicle today. And I believe what, Nate Bauer today, Patrick Chambers tomorrow. As always, we bring in Matt Catrillo, uh, updates on the news of the day that people should know. Hello there, Steve. Uh, so far, not anything like completely earth-shattering today, just a couple more restrictions in place at Evan and at Geisinger. Um, with Geisinger, they're limiting visitations to just one person per patient. You have to be 18 years or older and ha- not have any symptoms of respiratory illness. There's other measures that are in place there. They have the new uh, tent screening area that's outside the emergency room there, but that, that they'll put in place for precautionary infection control measures should they see anybody who shows signs of upper respiratory illnesses. And uh, Geisinger is also putting all non-urgent procedures on hold for the next two weeks beginning on March 19th. For Evangelical Community Hospital, they are postponing elective surgeries and procedures and they're contacting patients who are uh, affected by that of course Steve I'm sure we'll get to this in a little bit Penn State is extending their remote learning through the end of the spring semester graduation postponed we now have 133 statewide presumptive positive cases of coronavirus in Pennsylvania none confirmed yet in the valley we had the report yesterday that Geisinger has three confirmed uh, positive presumed positive cases but we don't know at what Geisinger branches it's across the system. So that's right. what we have pretty much up to date right now. The, when it comes to the Penn State part, obviously I already had to teach my first class remotely anyway. I I pretty much had assumed, just based on how everything was going, that that would have a, a level of semester permanence to it. Because at you know you're talking about going back originally August 6th, I'm sorry, April 6th, April 6th. And I thought to myself, well, at that point, in terms of teaching, I had the 6th, the 13th, the 20th, and 27th. Only a, for me, only four more classes. And it just wouldn't make any sense to me to bring them back for the last four weeks, because, especially when, uh, when the 15-day order came out. Um, and now they're going to have to work out here at some point when students are allowed to get into the dorms to get their stuff. Now they do have to work that out. Okay, so that does have to be worked out. I just let all their stuff sit there. Um. By the way, uh, is it Ali or Ali that liked our page yesterday? Thank you so much for that. 
And I apologize for not knowing because it was spelled A-L-I. So it's either Ali or Ali. Either way, uh, I want to let you know how uh, much I appreciated the like on the uh, Facebook page. Now let's get to the person who actually does take care of the Facebook page. That's you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's actually We've had NFL free agency me. news on that Fast and Furious. <laughs> I mean, you're the one that actually does the work. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I, of course, get all the credit. <laughs> Imagine doing nothing and getting all the credit in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, although I feel like we've done some things here in the on this end of it. But we got, uh, again, a lot going on today. So we got, what, Nate Bauer today? That makes sense? Yep, we got Nate Bauer today, John McClain, and then tomorrow we got another full slate of uh, Tim McManus, ESPN's Eagles reporter at 335, and then Pat Chambers at 406. Pat Chambers, yeah. The King wants to do Trivia Friday, and I think that's a great idea. I was told the same thing by the King, and I agree. We'll bring back uh, the match game music, and we'll, we'll yeah, get it going. We'll do the, well, yeah, we'll do, we'll do the whole half hour. Yeah. We got people like that. You know, they, they, people like – and believe me, if you want to call in with your trivia questions, that's great too. Uh, it's one thing that we uh, – and, and I am the person that is responsible for this part, right, completely. But our phone line is always open. You know, obviously, D- Dick and Milton knows it. <laughs> That's right. Now, Dick, you're going to love this. I- I'm going to well, I'm going to open up the show here. Okay. By talking about an article on ESPN.com about wrestling, it's by Ryan Hockensmith, and I've you know I've known Ryan for a, a long time. Okay. No NCAA title, no problem. Why Iowa wrestling still feels historic. Okay. And it talks about how Iowa last Thursday was in the middle of practice. And suddenly they get the word, like everybody else, that it's not going to happen. And and that they, look, all of us knew, all of us, if anybody says that they didn't know when Rudy Gobert tested positive that things would not come to a halt. I think they're being naive. And there's a difference between being hopeful and being naive. You can, in the pit of your stomach, go, oh, boy. (sighs) Okay, I'll, I'll keep hope, but this doesn't seem realistic. That's being hopeful. Being naive is, oh, no, we're fine. We'll keep going. I mean, everybody, I think, knew. And it says basically here that Iowa, like, they practiced on Thursday, but then when the practice was over, they were told they were done. Now, look, Iowa had, in wrestling, a great year. Undefeated, Big Ten championship, day undefeated in the dual meet season, the whole deal. Christian Piles who's the managing editor of flowwrestling.org, is quoted in the article as saying this. They were going to win the NCAAs. Look, they just won the Big Ten, so that's not, that's not a wild statement. 
and it was realistic they'd have 10 guys be All-Americans. I'm not in a position to say whether it's true or not, so I'll trust him on that. Then there is this quote, and this is the one where suddenly out of nowhere, the train flies off the tracks, and I feel like I'm watching The Fugitive. Train scene is still a great scene, though. It was the kind of team and season we rarely see. What have you been watching the last nine years? What the heck's he talking about? Penn State's been running away with championships, especially the last two years. It was the kind of team and season we rarely see. Penn State's been running teams out, and the, and the difference between Penn State wrestling and Iowa wrestling is simple. Penn State wrestling with a David Taylor and Ed Ruth, a Jason Nolfe and a Bo Nickel. Dynamic. Dynamic. Not only winning, but winning with flair. Iowa. Boring. Okay? Masters of the subtle. They're terrific at the subtle. And they've had a, they've got a terrific team, but they're not a dynamic team to watch. All right, Baird and Sealands Grove, how are you, buddy? It's great to see and great to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I am doing well, thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully this fall. Um, so we'll, we'll see how the how the summer progresses question between now and whenever the teams are allowed to get back to uh, whatever the NCAA rules they can what are uh, what are the tra- what is the training staff uh, doing what are they communicating to the individual players who hopefully and expectedly would be uh, back home somewhere working out but more individually obviously and not as a team yeah, they would have to work out more individually than as a team because in a lot of places, gyms are closed. Right. Uh, which means they would have to have a home setup in some way, which most of the players do have a home setup in some ways, and that does help. There's also specific things that Dwight Galt and his staff have been able to communicate to all the players as to what they should be doing to keep themselves on track. James Franklin's been in contact with all, with all of them. Same thing. But it's not just keeping them on track there, Baird. Remember, too, here's the other part, and this is going to be important for every team across the country. Make sure you're also on track academically because everything here at Penn State is going to be done remotely between now and the end of the semester. The most important thing is that you stay on track academically to the end of the semester. That way, when you get to the next stage, there's no extra work that needs to be done to make sure you're fine. Now, the grade point averages of most of the players on this team are really, really good. Really good. So, look, take your online courses seriously. Be available for your online courses when you're supposed to be there on Zoom or however it's done. And then, also make sure you stick with a workout schedule and a workout regimen. It's going to be different not having somebody push you like that all the time. You're going to have to push yourself because right. normally what they do is a, is a lot of team building in the weight room where they try to do uh, elements in groups 
where you're pushing one another in groups. So it does right. bring with it a different training schedule, but each one has their own schedule that they're going to try to adhere to. I appreciate that. Um, then the diet-wise, obviously they don't have the training table at home like they do at the, at school and all. So, but but all of these kids are well disciplined. So I can only assume that uh, that they were, you know, they they've been communicating with them, giving them uh, a list of things. That this is what we recommend you be eating. This is what we recommend you be staying away from. So. That's where Kayla Martin. That's where Kayla Martin comes in, the nutritionist at Penn State. Uh, Baird, she's the one that puts together the diets, and she's told me over time. Now, this is before this happened, but I've interviewed her a couple times in the last year, and something that she's been very pleased with is that they've done such a good job of imparting to them the guidelines on nutrition that what she's noticed is that the players. Now, don't not all of them. You still are going to have players that just get off the rails because you got 125 of these guys, and they're a cross section. But she's been noticing, and she told me this: that the vast majority of players now come into the nutrition station, and they're all making the right choices and picking their own stuff. She doesn't have to tell them anymore, and she likes that she sees that kind of maturity in the players that they understand that's their training. But that's also going to have to be a constant communication between her and the student-athletes. Hey, this is what you need to be doing X, Y, and Z on your own, and that's going to be an important communication from her. The fact is several have already developed really good nutritional habits on their own to begin with. That really helps. Excellent. Excellent. One really quick question, if I may. Uh, Real quickly, any updates from the NCAA on further information with regard to possible um, extra year given to uh, spring sports and maybe even some of the winter sports, such as basketball, uh, wrestling, et cetera? So far, the only uh, indication has been in from uh, a subcommittee saying they encourage spring sports seniors getting an extra year. Baseball players, softball players, track and field, men's, women's lacrosse. Uh, sports such as that. As for winter sports, to my knowledge, that topic has not been broached. Okay. Right? The spring sports, you know, you've got to work out where are you scholarship-wise. The scholarships are different because you've got quarters, halves. You know, right. There are a few full scholarships in spring sports. Not that many foals. They're really divided up in many different parts so you can form a team. Uh, so how do you do that? Do you allow them to go over the limit for one season to accommodate seniors? You'd hope. Uh, and so you have to work out that part of it. When it comes to the winter sports, though, while there's been emotional sentiment about that, there's been nothing concrete discussed about that yet at the NCAA level, to my knowledge. All right. Um, I appreciate the information. Uh, well, first of all, those are great. Quite those are great, very thoughtful questions. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. You keep up the good work. I listen to you every day, and uh, keep my fingers crossed that this thing shall pass uh, sooner rather than later, and we can be back to the normalcy you talked about every day. It will. It will. I'm very. I'm, I really. I deeply believe that that it will be. And I think what everybody's doing right now. What everybody's doing right now, the way everybody's doing their part, what you're doing right now is going to, I think, allow it to be sooner rather than later. 
I really believe that. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, those are great questions about players working out, the nutritional aspect. See, there's, you know, and there's the academic aspect. See, there's a lot of layers to this. It just isn't a simple fact of, hey, by the way, it's June 1st. We're going to let everybody start gathering again. I'm just picking out, a, obviously, a random date or Memorial Day weekend. All right, we can all get back to working out. You have to have a lot of long-term plans in place. And as much as I have praised James Franklin over the years for having almost every scenario covered, I think it's awfully hard to sit back and say anybody had this scenario covered. We will get, we are going to put in a request to get James on the show here. Maybe in the next couple weeks we can do it. All right. Nate Bauer, next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. John McClain, Houston Chronicle, next half hour on the DeAndre Hopkins trade. We'll talk to him about that. First of all, Nate Bauer, Blue White Illustrated. Nate, welcome. Great to have you with us. I'm sir. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see a lot of world traveling in the, uh, in the immediate future here, big guy. Oh, and that's for all of us right now, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's for all of us. Uh, I'll start with this. Would it be fair to say that Lamar Stevens was to Patrick Chambers what Saquon Barkley was to uh, James Franklin? Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, um, you know – that's tough. That's interesting because in some respects, I think that they thought or that there was the potential for DJ Newbill to be that to a certain extent. Um, you know, DJ was great and it, he unlocked the future in a lot of ways, but unlike Saquon moving into a situation that had a lot of other experienced pieces that were kind of ready to complement him. Um, Gasicki and Deshaun Hamilton and McSorley obviously was um, he didn't have the experience, but he was he was in his third year obviously when he when he took over. Um, you know, DJ DJ didn't really have that, and so. Um, DJ was good, um, and you know, I mean, I think I think that he represented um, the start of what it eventually became. But it's just so much more of an uphill climb uh, to build up Penn State basketball than it is to build up um, Penn State football. No doubt. I, I think that the way uh, yeah. I, I think I would have gone with uh, Tony Carr if he yeah. had stayed the four years, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Stevens did. Since he stayed the four years, he's the one that I, I look at 
that he is Patrick's Saquon Barkley. Yeah. No, I, think, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I, it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a, like, look, I, and I, I've said this, um, you know, a couple of times, and, and I think in a lot of ways um, it, it might seem disingenuous because it's, it's the context that we're all in right now. But Lamar's legacy, to me, is really not the scoring record. It's not even the NCAA tournament. It, it's, it's, it, it never hinged on any of those things. What it hinges on is them being good next year. You know, uh, it's them uh, continuing to, to, you know, to live up to um, what their talent obviously showed them capable of being this year. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I do think that the way the recruiting's gone and the, the, the players that they currently have in the program, um, the, the, the ultimate legacy for him is establishing the Penn State you know, maybe maybe it won't be in position to, uh, you know, with three weeks left in the season, be in second place. But again, you know this as well as I do. The middle of the Big Ten is a good place to be. Yeah. If you, sure. If you if you can establish yourself in the middle of the Big Ten. Right. And I've talked about gonna, that. I've talked about that forever. If you can be in the yeah. four to eight or nine range, you're in good shape almost every year. You're going to have a ton of success. You're going to have a ton of success. And Penn State, Penn State just ultimately, um, you know, not not just in Patrick Chambers' tenure ever has just consistently been, you know, before it used to be the 10 to 12 range. Um, more recently, with the expansion, it's been 11 to 14. Um, you know, the past three years represent uh, a, a type of emergence from that right. and that that's what's that's what's necessary now it's you know now it's about repeating you know <laughs> well, right now it's now it's now it's about being the consistency of it although they've won 76 games the last four years which is 19 wins a season even though the graph is not completely straight it's yep. still 76 wins 19 wins a season over four years and yep. let's face it at penn state I mean, it hasn't been in, in the in the Big Ten era. That hasn't happened. No doubt, no doubt. I, you know, so I was um, I was putting a story together about uh, Lamar and and Penn State basketball, and you know, for our magazine. And so, the magazine structure is to print a week before. You know, so like things have to be kind of submitted before, right. uh, maybe ten days before people are going to have it, right? And so things had not at that point really um, that, you know, the uh, Northwestern game hadn't happened yet when I was writing the story. And, you know, they've never finished higher than the sixth seed in the Big Ten. Um, I'm aware I've lived it. Yeah. I mean, you know, but that's, that's, that's remarkable. I mean, they, you know, even, even with, uh, without the double buy, if they had beaten Northwestern, they were in a spot to to get that five seed. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it it just it's just um, people look at it and they're never satisfied with the fact that we're not talking about Big Ten championships. But if you look at the context, uh, the long arc of Penn State basketball history. Uh, 
the fifth seed is a huge accomplishment. Getting a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, ultimately, whenever that happens, will be a massive, massive accomplishment uh, for this program. And so it's, it's just about continuing to take those steps. And, and not just taking those steps, but maintaining what you already have. You know, you can't and, – and Chambers has said it a couple of times this year. They can't go back. You know, they can't, they can't go back to, to the 14th seed and the 13th seed and, you know, uh, games at the, end of, at the end of the schedule dictating whether or not, uh, you know, you even establish uh, a first-round bye, you know, in the Big Ten tournament. Th- th- those are the things that this program has to look forward to. And, and really, um, it, you know, it just it needs to keep doing those things. It has to be able to, to maintain uh, some level of success just to get to that middle. Right. I mean, no, no question about that. Uh, you look at Seth Lundy coming back. Obviously, he is going to be pivotal because he should get Lamar's spot. Yep. Uh, what about the recruiting class as a whole? How much of that have you followed as to what they did during the course of their respective senior season? This will be something I'll ask Pat uh, later in the week anyway. Yeah, not not nearly enough. Um, I, I don't, you know, I know that the expectations for them are are relatively high. I mean, they think that those guys can contribute, and depending, obviously, on what happens with uh, Abdu, I'll mess his name up. Um, you know, depending on what happens there, there, you know, there's ultimately still um, a chance that, uh, you know, depending on how the numbers shake out, that there could still be uh, an open spot, even even in this class. Sure. Uh, so it's it's you know the off season is a wild time and I, I think that, I think that the reality for these guys right now is that they're not even looking at that you know like they're not it's just it's it's not not only is it not business as usual it's a period of mourning right I mean they need they need some time to decompress and just get away from this and you know I mean to to be so close to I mean to, not not even so close to have achieved what had been sought after for nine years, uh, you know, and then have this just freak otherworldly, uh, you know, pandemic. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's unbelievable for them. And so there's, there's going to be some time where, um, you know, where they need to, to kind of gather themselves and, and get back to square one before they, uh, they worry about the future. You were on your way to Indianapolis, uh, then you were able to turn around, and it gave you time to put together a thoughtful column. What were some of the emotions running through your mind as you sat there and then started to craft that? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just to, just to recount it very quickly, uh, I, you know, I didn't, as of Wednesday night, and obviously you were out there at that point, the, the Hoiberg stuff, made it very clear to me at least that this this thing was not going to happen right the big ten tournament is there's just no way that the, even if he came out negative which I'll, obviously he did um you know to, to have that kind of an environment where everybody distrusts each other and everybody is suspicious of each other as having this disease um i just didn't see any way that that could happen so uh you know the fact that they did not cancel it on thursday morning uh, I had a 10:15 flight out of State College, and it was it was surreal. I mean, uh, a plane half full, and you know, I flew to I flew to Philadelphia because honestly, 
if the games had proceeded, I, you know, what, what was my excuse? You know, I, oh, I didn't, I just didn't, I just didn't go. That wasn't, that didn't seem to be an option to me. So once I got to Philadelphia, I'm sitting there and there was an hour and 15 minutes essentially until uh, my, my connecting flight to Indianapolis. And in that time, Big Ten canceled. <laughs> Big Ten right. canceled the tournament. I raced to, I raced past the gate that had the state college flight uh and i asked the the gate agent whether or not the flight was full and the the woman said no not at all and i was like do you think there's any way any possibility i can turn around and get right back on this flight she was like you'll have to ask (laughs) then and i went to i went to the gate they figured it out in 10 minutes and i was sitting on a plane uh you know basically coming home uh as soon as uh, i was supposed to be on that flight to indianapolis so you know, it was it it the whole thing was was very surreal. But I mean, at that point, I think it became clear to me and to to everybody else that this was, you know, this isn't a one off. Like this isn't this is this is dramatically real. And is it the boogeyman? Like is it the end of the world? No. But uh, you know, things are not going to be normal uh, for a little while. And that was, I mean, to me, that was mm-hmm. that was pretty pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was sitting at dinner Wednesday night, it, it, this had nothing to do with Fred Hoiberg. I didn't even know Hoiberg got sick until I got back to the hotel. Oh, really? When I saw that, because no offense, I wasn't watching the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and uh, when I saw the Rudy Gobert thing and then the NBA suspending its season, I looked at everybody at the table and said, that's it, we're done. Yeah. Because normally what I do is I would have taken the Indian-Nebraska deal because I had everything – up to that point for each team and then I usually go back to my hotel room and then I update whomever won in this case Indiana so I update the stats quickly to go with what I had update the individual game numbers for what I had I went back to the room and for the first time ever I didn't do it because I knew knew they weren't playing yep I didn't do it and that and that and that is 180 for how I do things yeah, no, and I mean, you know, I've never seen anybody prepare the way that you do, um, and I mean, it it just it just became very clear very quickly, and I mean, I you know, my heart sank for those guys. I mean, you know, Lamar is just the, the story speaks for itself. Sure, it's not just him. It's Curtis. You know, it's, it's Mike. It's all the other seniors. Cassius Winston. It's it's Anthony Cowan. It's you know. You, yeah. you, you go through the long list of guys just within the conference. Then you go nationally, Obi Toppin and, and, and Dayton. I mean, the odd thing is they didn't release a bracket. The funny thing was I voted for the Wooden Award yesterday well, you know, oh, right. and, and, and because they're going to hand it out. Yeah, you right. Know? So I voted for it. I want to make sure I voted for it because that yeah. way those players get honored. That's what bothers me about what the NCAA did. The NCAA yeah. didn't, put out a, didn't put out a bracket while well, the season – you know, the full body of work wasn't there. Oh, wrong. It was there for everybody. You can put one out. Everybody yep. has the same amount of games. We're done. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I and you had Sandy, and, and she said, uh, you know, that that was something that she advocated for, and she advocated, uh, you know, I mean, it seemed initially that she advocated as well for, for playing, in the, you know, playing without people in the stands. It's just I, I feel like our our understanding of this, shifted 
so dramatically. It evolved so dramatically in a period of time. Sure. No, it, the whole thing spiraled out of control in the span of 48 hours. I mean, it's, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I went to I went. <laughs> my birthday was on Tuesday last week. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh, really? I mean, you know what? I, I just uh, I dropped that in there just so you would say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. No, I, but we went out, you know, my wife and I, we got a babysitter and we went out to dinner and, um, you know, town was a, a little bit different, but it was, you know, seemed a little bit business as usual. But even by the end of Tuesday night and then getting into Wednesday, it kind of dawned on me. And I said to her, I was like, I feel like that's the last dinner that we're going to be eating at a restaurant for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. this, it, this, it just it just had that feeling to it. Um, but no, what I, I mean, what I what I hope for everybody, right? Like decisions had to be made very very quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so things like drawing up a tournament bracket. Now, and you know, I'm I'm obviously I'm going to be wrong on this, but like. It seems like there should be an opportunity for even symbolic things to be revisited with the opportunity for some decompression, because that's that's the reality. Well, this is how I look at it. There are 2,000 student-athletes, men and women, okay, that would like to know if they made it or not. That way they feel there's some sense of satisfaction that there was a mission accomplished and at least they did it. Now, if you're going to tell me this is, quote, all about the kids, then have it be about the kids. Because last I checked, right now, most of you have all the time in the world. Right. (laughs) Okay? No, I I mean, it's in, in, you know, to to your question earlier about, you know, what I kind of wrote on whatever day that was, Friday, I guess, Thursday or Friday. um, You know, it's for Penn State – basketball specifically i i feel like this they it's a lot of what we do right a lot of how this proceeds for whatever the duration is i i think that we're all on the same page here that two weeks is wildly optimistic oh of course it is yeah and unrealistic this is something that's going to stick with us for a while yeah okay and so our approach to this collectively as a community um, and as individuals, is is really. I mean, <laughs> I hate to say because it it's so cliche, particular to Penn State basketball, but it it truly is about our attitude, uh, sure. and, and the 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 approach that we take will dictate how we feel about ourselves and the people around us, and you know the way that things are going. And so, I, I just think that it's important for. The players who are involved, you know, obviously they're all going to be down right now. The, sure. the coaches, they're all going to be down right now. Right. But they they owe it to themselves to to move past that and to appreciate all of the things that they had accomplished before they ever stepped foot uh, on the hardwood in Indianapolis. And, be, you know, the reality that that didn't happen uh, should just bring to light the appreciation that you have every day for what it is that you're able to pursue in your life that you love, sure. whatever those things exactly. are, yeah. you, you, you need to appreciate that. And I mean, it, it's, it's just really a matter of perspective because right now I'm sitting here and I feel 
unbelievably appreciative of my life and the the things that I've been able to carve out for myself, the comfort level that I have, because I know that there are so many people on a day-to-day basis before this ever happened who, who don't have it nearly as well as I do. Mm-hmm. And and now that this is happening, who have it even worse. And we need to we need to focus on those people. We need to uh, you know to reach out and make sure that, that those people are taken care of because uh, this is this is a, a situation unlike anything we've ever experienced, um, you know. And for the participants involved in basketball, football, whatever it is, uh, you know, all of the diversions that we talk about on this program and in our lives, uh, mm-hmm. they they will they will they owe it to themselves uh, to be appreciative of the opportunities that they've had in the past, and that guess what they will have in the future. This will end. Yes, it will end. Yeah, get it back. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it will end. There's no question about that. Uh, we'll, uh, if you don't mind, next time through we'll transition to the football component. Sure, of course. I mean, it's, we got all the time in the world there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to transition to the NFL component here in a few moments. So, All right. Good luck. Anything to talk about. Be well to you, your beautiful wife, your wonderful family, so be well. Thanks. Appreciate it. Nate Bauer, Blue White Illustrated. John McClain, Houston Chronicle, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, Carl Nassib, former Nittany Lions signs with the Las Vegas Raiders, and Sean Lee is re up with the Dallas Cowboys. And your guy, Malcolm Jenkins, is back with the New Orleans Saints. Oh, good for him. Uh, at least somebody values him. You just, I mean, the situation I think is making you a hater. Well, I don't make that kind of a ludicrous move. Uh, I I did say yesterday I like Javon Hargrave getting bringing him across the state, but I I just don't get living letting go Malcolm Jenkins. I don't. But let's go get Eric Reed. If you wanted somebody young, go get him. Don't put Jalen Mills back there at safety. So again, Sean Lee stays with the Cowboys and Carl Nassib signs with the Raiders. John McClain, next half hour, Houston Chronicle. Plenty to talk about with him. And by the way, a very classy text or tweet from DeAndre Hopkins after everything that was said by uh, Michael Irvin. Eli Apple signs with the Raiders, and Sean Davis leaves the Steelers and agrees to terms with the Redskins. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle with a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 